it is that you're thinking about, you know, don't feel like everything needs to be perfect in order to get it launched or to get it live. Just get something up there because then there will just be so much more kind of feedback and momentum to be able to carry it forward. Otherwise, you can just get stuck in the planning stages forever. Welcome to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom, a podcast where we provide insights, tips, and inspiration for college students and young professionals so they can make a really successful transition from college life to the professional world and beyond. My name is Andy Malinsky, and I'm your host. I'm also a professor of organizational behavior and international management at Brandeis University's International Business School, where we record and produce this podcast. Uh, Stephanie Kaplan-Lewis is the co-founder and CEO and editor-in-chief of Her Campus Media, the number one media brand for college women, which she co-founded in 2009 as an undergraduate at Harvard. Her campus now reaches more college women than any other media brand. Uh, Stephanie's been named to Forbes 30 Under 30, Inc. 30 Under 30, Business Week 25 Under 25, and her campus has been named to Entrepreneur Magazine's Best Entrepreneurial Companies in America, Forbes 100 Best Websites for Women, and 10 Best Websites for Millennial Women. Um, and I am really happy to have you uh, with us today. Thanks so much for joining us, Stephanie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. So let's jump right into it. Tell us uh, briefly what I, I mentioned. Lots of listeners already know about her campus, but give us a sense of what her campus is, and then we'll sort of rewind back to how you got it started. Great. So her campus, you know, as you touched on, is the number one media site for college women and a college marketing company. And what's really central to that is our flagship site, which is hercampus.com. And that's a content site that covers anything and everything that college women would want to know about. But what's really unique about it is that all of the content is written entirely by college women. So it's written by the top college journalists from schools all across the country. And the way we do that is basically it's powered by this campus chapter network that we've built over the past now almost 10 years of campus chapters at 400 colleges and universities all across the country uh, and internationally as well. And so each of these campus chapters is a student organization on campus. On average, it's made up of about 30 women who are involved, who are creating local content, they're hosting events on campus, they're posting on social media, they're publicizing. And really, they're doing all of this in order to really kind of get their feet wet and get the clips and experience that they're going to need to be able to move on to media and marketing jobs and internships in the real world. And that's kind of at the core of what we do is this mission of serving college women, empowering college women, both in looking at that audience as a whole and that in everything that we're doing, we're looking to serve college women with our content, with our programming, with our events, but also then really drilling down and serving this group of college women that make up the Her Campus team who are women that are looking to go on to careers in media, journalism, marketing, communications, entrepreneurship, and really giving them skill sets and equipping them with the tools that they need to go on and be successful. So this is a great story. So the title of our podcast is From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom. And, you know, we talked earlier, and this is truly a case of really the dorm room being the boardroom, <laughs> at least at first. So tell us how you got this uh, up and running at, Har at Harvard when you were an undergraduate. Tell us, tell us the story of how you started it, how you started running it, and then how you transitioned uh, from Harvard, you know, to a postgraduate experience running the, the company. Yeah. So we got our start during undergrad at Harvard. And basically, my co-founders, Windsor Annie and I met working on a student publication at Harvard that at the time was an annual print magazine that was basically Harvard's lifestyle and fashion annual print magazine. And we'd all gotten involved with it as an extracurricular. 
And then the three of us ended up becoming kind of the board members of that organization, taking it over. And once we did so, we decided we wanted to transition everything from print to online for you know now obvious reasons of why you'd want to move things online. And basically, once we did so, even though what we were creating was really just the student publication geared at Harvard Women, it really just started blowing up and attracting attention from college women, not just at Harvard, but all across the country. And we started hearing from a lot of these women. And a lot of women reached out and said, Hey, you know, I love what you're doing, but I wish there was one for my school. I love reading the Harvard one, but it's kind of Harvard-specific. And then there were also a ton of women who reached out and said, Hey, I love what you're doing. I wish something like this existed in my school. I dream of growing up to work for Glamour or Vogue or Marie Claire one day. But the only outlet I have on campus is the school newspaper. Can you give us advice on how to start something like this at our school? And so we kind of realized through this that we were really hitting on a nerve here and really kind of had identified this need, both on kind of the reader side in terms of being hungry for this kind of content, but also on the student journalist side and that they were looking for an outlet, looking for a platform where they could get this kind of clips and experience that they weren't able to get elsewhere already. And so we said, you know, hey, maybe there's something that we could do here to kind of take what we've been doing at Harvard and do that on a national scale for college women everywhere. And so we decided to enter Harvard's business plan competition and really use that as a way to kind of flesh out our idea, kind of think through all the different pieces of it. Um, And then sure enough, we went on to win that business plan competition, which was during our junior year. And then, of course, a business plan competition is a far cry from having you know an actual live up and running business. So that's when the real work really began. And we then spent that summer between junior and senior year living together in New York City, all doing related internships, working on her campus nights and weekends to get everything ready to launch that fall when we got back to campus. And then we launched her campus in September of 2009. We're coming up on our 10th birthday this fall, which is wild. And um, hercampus.com was was launched. And then really throughout that school year, we said, you know, hey, we have this opportunity while we're still students. This isn't as risky of a thing to do just yet. So let's really take advantage of this time to work as hard as we can, really see if we can get enough traction to be able to do this on a full-time basis when we graduate rather than take another job, go to graduate school, something like that. And so that's what we did. And then around December of that year, there was kind of enough sort of feedback, you know, from all directions that made us feel confident to make that decision of, hey, you know, we're going to be all in, we're going to do this. And Windsor and I were graduating. So that was easy. Annie was actually one year behind us. So she ended up deciding to take leave of absence from Harvard so that she could be all in full time too. And um, that's when we, you know, got to really kind of put our foot on the gas pedal and get going once school was over. So, so that's, that's an amazing story. Um, Now, you didn't major in business, right? No. So Harvard is all liberal arts at the undergrad level, which which not everyone necessarily realizes. So there was no opportunity for us to even take like a business course, an accounting course, marketing. There was no journalism or anything like that. So I was a psychology major. Windsor was a history and science major. And Annie was a visual arts major. And it was really, you know, those were just topics that we were interested in that we enjoyed taking courses in. And then it was really through things outside the classroom that we could lean into more of our career interests. How did, was there anything, I'm just curious, anything that you did learn in college that was helpful for you as you were, as you were kind of piecing this all together? I think college is helpful, especially at Harvard in that you're given a ton of kind of freedom, a ton of leadership and a ton of autonomy, both with your schoolwork, of course, and that you're the one that kind of has to just be on top of everything in a completely different way than you are in high school, but also through the extracurriculars, especially where you're really just given a ton of opportunity and a ton of autonomy 
to just really kind of take something and run with it. And I think having that amount of freedom um, really can kind of give you that confidence to be comfortable kind of not just doing graduating, going into some entry-level role someplace, but to really feel like you're set up and you're in a position to be able to take on a lot more responsibility, which I think was nice. Um, and, you know, time management for sure. You have, you know, a million things going on all the time with your schoolwork, your extracurriculars, jobs on campus, sororities, et cetera. And so in some ways, then just having to focus on kind of doing one job after you graduate in some ways feels easier than in school when you're juggling like 50 million you know, different responsibilities at any given time. That's true. It's it, though though you did say also, and I've heard this before actually that that um that there's there is a benefit to starting something while in college. Uh, say say more about that. I think that's interesting. Yeah. So I think it makes so much sense to get going on something while you're in school. You know, on the one hand, people might feel like, oh, I'm so busy. Well, I'm still a student. You know, I don't have time. I should just wait till I graduate. But really, college for for the one thing, it's a lot less risky to get going on something while you're in college. You're not making the decision to do your startup versus take a job or go to grad school. So you have it as kind of this testing ground, which is nice. It's much lower risk. At worst, if things don't pan out, then it was this side project that you tried out and then you move on and you do something else as opposed to having, you know, that real sort of opportunity cost of whatever else you maybe would have been doing otherwise during that time. But the other piece of it too is I think people are just so willing to help out students in so many ways. There's so many resources that you have access to as a student via speakers coming to campus, you know, fairs and things that happen at school. Just And people are just so much more willing to kind of listen to you and give you advice while you're still a student. So I think it's really key to kind of take advantage of that time because once you graduate, it's, you know, you're out in the working world and you don't have as many resources just at your fingertips the way you do at a college or university. Yeah, I, I that's very interesting. I, I agree with that too. And how about... um. How about misconceptions that you think college students have about transitioning from college to the professional world? I know you've lived it, your co-founders have lived it, and you know you you work with so many uh, college women who are living it or about to live it. what's What's your view on that? Totally. So I mean, it certainly depends on what kind of workplace you're going into because there's obviously such a wide range of you know working at a startup environment like your campus or an earlier stage startup environment, we're now 10 years old versus going into I-banding or consulting or something like that. It varies a ton. But I think in general, a lot of college students feel like, okay, I'm going to graduate and get a job and work is a place where I need to be just like super professional, super buttoned up. And you know that's just kind of totally different than my personal life. And I really need to be this just like very serious, very buttoned up person in the workplace. And then you know it's, it's kind of like a totally different persona. And I think more and more employers are really looking for people to bring their best selves to work, both because it makes the employer, you know, it makes the employees happier. And then obviously for the employer, it ends up, you know, leading to greater retention for them when they have happier employees that are just excited to come to work every day and feel comfortable being at work rather than feeling like they need to like, you know, put on a suit and, you know, act more serious and not act like the 21 or 22 year old that they are. So I think work should be a place where you can kind of bring your whole self to work. And that's something that we've definitely really focused on at our campus as we've kind of created this culture over the years and thought about different initiatives and different committees and things that exist within the company. So you should be able to bring your whole self to work and not feel like you have to go to work and turn on this one person. And then when you get home, you get to be your real self because that's, I mean, that's exhausting and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, save for maybe some, you know, very, very formal professional environment. So that's one thing I would say. And the other kind of a, you know, totally different sort of, you know, piece of the workplace dynamic is, 
I think it's amazing that people feel more comfortable now advocating for themselves, asking for raises. That's fantastic. It's something you should always do. Um, but there is kind of a learning curve to understanding when that's appropriate and when it isn't. And I think sometimes people have this idea that they can come into a role and if they do a great job, you know, within three or six months, maybe they're going to get promoted, they're going to get a raise because they've been doing such a great job. And really, I think a lot of employers are set up still on, you know, much more of kind of an annual review, annual raise kind of system in terms of their budgeting, in terms of their performance review system. And so I think when you're taking that job initially, that's the time to kind of negotiate for the set of responsibilities you want, the compensation package that you want. Once you get in there, give it your all, go above and beyond, and then wait till that annual review to really kind of be able to say, hey, here are all the amazing things I did this year. Here's why I deserve a raise or promotion or whatever it is. Um, Not when you've been in the job for three or six months. And I think it's great that people can be so eager, but you know, there is kind of, you know, you have to, it's a two-way street and you have to kind of figure out what's going to work for you and what's going to work for the employer. Great, great advice. And I'd love to just actually circle back to the college experience. And and I, I loved your point about using college as an opportunity to try something out entrepreneurial. How about using college as an opportunity to sort of practice some of the skills that you'll need in the real world? Like, you know, when you step into a company, uh, give it, learning to give feedback, performance reviews, speaking up, voicing your opinion, being assertive, all these sort of soft skills that I think are so important in the workplace. Can college be sort of a training ground for that too? Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's a great place for it to be that kind of training ground. And even you can think about how those things might be applied in more of a college setting, whether it's speaking, you know, going to office hours or speaking with your professors, either proactively or maybe in response to, you know, a a project you didn't do as well on as you had hoped or something like that. And learning to navigate those kind of tricky conversations and learning to navigate that conversation of asking for constructive and critical feedback and learning to be receptive to it because those are really important skills. Um, in the workplace for sure, as well as kind of seeking out opportunities to find mentors, to find advisors, and figuring out how to start kind of building those relationships and maintaining them. Because so much of you know career success is really about relationships and relationship building. And that's just kind of your key to unlocking kind of knowledge and information in a lot of ways, and also to unlocking connections and opportunities. So I think there's absolutely an opportunity while still in college to really use it as this sort of training ground to to practice those kinds of things that maybe aren't taught in the classroom. So I'm glad you mentioned mentors because that was my, that was going to be my next question actually. So so mentors are so important. You know what's been your experience? I'm actually curious what your what your experience has been um, in terms of having a mentor, but also perhaps mentoring. Yeah. So mentors have been huge for us at her campus. Uh, definitely still now, but especially in the early days. So during that summer between kind of junior, senior year, when we were getting ready to launch, one thing we were really intentional about was just networking as much as we could and seeking out mentors and basically just making connections in all different parts of the industry who could kind of be sort of advisors in all different kind of areas of domain expertise. And then really being intentional about keeping in touch with those contacts and those relationships. Because I think there's one piece of it, which is kind of networking to begin with, making the connections. But then after you've you know, met someone at an event or had an informational interview with them or something like that, how do you then keep in touch with them so that then at you know, XYZ later date in the future, you really still have that connection really strongly to be able to tap into. So one thing that we did is we created what we called our supporters listserv, which was basically a listserv of all these kinds of industry contacts, mentor type people we had met. And for actually up until very recently, until almost a year ago, we sent out a monthly email 
to our supporters listserv. That would kind of include the latest updates on our business, what we were working on, things coming up next, maybe areas that we were looking for advice or help on. And that was a really great way to be able to maintain a kind of large swath of relationships um, more efficiently. And so we could kind of stay on people's radar. And then when something came up that was like, oh, wow, I'd really love to chat with this person about it because I think they'd really be able to help us. That person was kind of up to speed with what we were doing, which was nice. So, and on the, the mentoring side, mentoring is really just so kind of built into her campus's DNA. And that is really all about mentoring this next generation of college women, this next generation of journalists, of marketers. And so really everything that we're doing on an every single day basis really goes back to that theme and is really this kind of common thread that runs through every single initiative and project of ours. And then one thing that's really neat to see is that we kind of work with these women while they're in college, you know, thousands of contributors while they're in college, and then getting to build those relationships with them, maybe to hire them after they graduate, or maybe then seeing where they go on to work after they graduate and finding a way to partner with them or team up in you know, the amazing roles that they're in now. And it's so rewarding for us to see the incredible things that her campus alum have gone on to do. And you know, they're now working every place in the industry that you can think of from major magazines, to major marketing agencies, they're writing books. Um, they're, you know, broadcast journalists. So it's, it's really incredible for us to see that kind of the Her Campus effect now that we've been at this for more years. And there's, there, there are all these women that have gone through sort of the Her Campus program in college and then um, gone on to have these incredible things that they do. What you've built is really quite amazing. It sounds like you must be a very productive person. Can you, can you share a, can you share a, like a, a productivity tip for us? Something that kind of, I don't know, that, that helps you do what you do and, you know, it could be something obvious, could be something that is sort of unusual, <laughs> but I think people like to hear this. Yeah, let's see. So on like a day-to-day basis, I mean, they're kind of just, there's so many things flying around all the time and it's really a matter of just like of keeping them all organized. And so two like really specific just sort of apps or plugins that I use, one is called Wonderless. And that's basically a to-do list tool that I use. And the reason that I like it is because you can set up to-dos as recurring events. So maybe there's a to-do that's like a weekly to-do or a daily to-do or a monthly to-do or a quarterly to-do. And you can create it that way because that's that's just really how I like to sort of manage all of my different things. So I really like using that and then looking at that as kind of my to-do list for the day. I'm kind of going back and forth at all times between that list and then sort of what's popped up in my email inbox. And then on the email inbox side of things, the tool I really like to use is Boomerang, which is a plugin that basically um, you can have an email kind of get returned to your inbox after a certain amount of time and you can set different kind of parameters for it. So maybe it's like, if this email hasn't been replied to within you know two weeks, then send it back to the inbox. So for example, when you're reaching out to someone or you have something going outbound and then you would you know need to remember to follow up or see whether that person got back to you, um, instead of needing to keep track of that, as soon as you send the email, you can set it's kind of boomerang reminder, and then it'll come back to your inbox when you're going to need it. So, um, so, th- so I'm always trying to kind of find tools and plugins like that to just sort of optimize things so that you don't have to have a million things floating around in your head at all times, and you know that they're written down someplace and organized, and you can sort of like release them from your brain. Wow, really cool. <laughs> I might have to try those. <laughs> La- all right, last question for you. Um, if if you could sort of rewind and go back in time and sort of in your current persona give advice to your you know twenty year old college self where you were just starting out um, her campus and maybe even her campus wasn't really her campus yet what adv- what advice would you give to your to your younger self? I think you know I think the advice 
that we often give to college students is really like whatever the idea is, whatever it is you're thinking about, like just do it now. I think people often feel like, oh, in order to really get going on something, I need to do a ton of research, a ton of planning. Maybe even I need to raise money or I need to wait till I have more experience, until I have more time. Really, you're only going to get busier as time goes on. And as we've touched on already, college is you know the time when you just have so many things at your fingertips that are just never going to be the case again. So whatever it is that you're thinking about, you know, don't feel like everything needs to be perfect in order to get it launched or to get it live. Just get something up there because then there will just be so much more kind of feedback and momentum to be able to carry it forward. Otherwise, you can just get stuck in the planning stages forever. So just get going on something. It doesn't need to be perfect by any means. Um, but kind of having that momentum will be the thing to carry you forward and probably inform what you're doing better than any amount of planning or researching could. I just have to ask one quick follow-up because I'm, I'm imagining myself as a college student and hearing that and saying, oh gosh, I don't know if I have the confidence. I, I feel like, you know, uh, you know, who am I to start something? I'm, you know, the, the old imposter syndrome. Uh, how do you, do, do you have any sort of views on that, on kind of combating that for, for people who, who might feel that, who might have some great ideas, uh, but, but might sort of almost hold themselves back? Yeah. And I think that's something that you deal with kind of in college and beyond. You know, there's certainly still days where I feel like that, no question. And I think the sort of antidote to that is, you know, you know, young people are the ones with the kind of new fresh ideas. They're not so entrenched in the way that things have always been done. So they're much more positioned to be able to see opportunities and have new and really productive ideas. But of course, at the same time, yeah, you don't have the experience that someone else does. And that's where really kind of building that network of advisors and mentors comes into play. So I think you know, trust in yourself in that if you have the ideas and the passion and the work ethic to go after something, you really can and should do it. Um, but yeah, give yourself more confidence by knowing that you're going to surround yourself with people in your corner that you can go to when something comes up that you've never seen before, um, that you don't know how to make sense of. And that can kind of, you know, help to sort of fill in that gap. It's not, it's not you all alone, but your kind of, you know, passion and ideas and sort of freshness are, you know, really what's needed to get things off the ground. And then, you know, couple that with, with a strong network. Great, great advice. I'm, I think that'll be really helpful for people. So, so, so we're at the end of our chat and I, I really wanted to thank you so much for, for being our guest. It's um, Her Campus is just such a cool platform um, and it's really impressive what, you, what you've built. Can you, can you tell listeners if they want to, f- where to go, I mean, obviously Her Campus, but where to go to, uh, to find out more about you, Her Campus, or any other activities you'd like to send people to? Yeah, that would be great. So, you know, hercampus.com is our is our main website, but we would love for you to follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is hercampus. And then coming up most immediately are our her conference events. So this, this is a huge women's empowerment conference that we put on every year. We've got one happening in LA on June 1st and in New York City on June 22nd. And you can find more about those by going to herconference.com. And then we're also actively hiring both for interns and for full-time positions. And hercampusmedia.com is more of our kind of um, career applicant-facing site. So if you're you know, interested in a career in you know, any of the different areas we touch on, we're hiring in marketing, and sales, and design, and editorial, and web. We would absolutely love for you to um, check out what we're up to and what we're hiring for. So um, thanks so much. Okay, so you heard it there. Uh, uh, check out her campus. Uh, lots of great stuff going on. And Stephanie, thanks so much for, for, for being on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it too. Yeah, so very interesting episode with Stephanie. I've got here Allie and Kevin to have a quick chat about it. What'd you guys think? 
I thought her interview was overall really inspiring. Um, I, I personally didn't know that her campus started while Stephanie and her friends were still in undergrad. So it was really interesting to hear about how she was able to use her agency as an undergraduate student to kind of dedicate time to starting something that can continue after college. Yeah, seriously continue. I think it's a, it's a, I, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm one of their direct customers, but I see it all over the place. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah, I have friends who write for her campus. This was a really captivating episode. Um, something that I was pulling from it was this theme of like autonomy, which I really enjoyed. I thought it was incredible that rather than being this kind of obstructive force, what her campus is doing is it's giving opportunities to these kind of outreach branches of women all across these college campuses and allowing them to become more self-actualized. And that kind of also led into what she was talking about in like the workplace, how a lot of people expect that they should go to work and they should be very professional and should be something that's very disparate from their personal lives. And I think that it made a lot of sense to me. And it sounded really, um, really altruistic to me in a way to think about creating a workplace where we promote kind of being ourselves and having people who actually want to come in and socialize and do their best job. Did, were you guys, did you think that uh, it was surprising that they were able to build this up so fast, so quickly, just out of college? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly, I mean, I, I, didn't, wasn't aware of the website right when it began since I'm younger, but um, I definitely am surprised how how powerful the website is like uh, 10 years later um, because, I mean, you even see it advertised in places throughout Boston. Like you have, uh, I have a friend that actually interns at the, her campus office in Boston and she always raves about how great the work environment there is. That's cool. Yeah, I think it speaks a lot to what she was saying about, like, happy employees. Um, It's great for the company as well because you're retaining people who want to work with you. And I think that it's like what she said. They knew that they were tapping into a nerve when they started that online Harvard Lifestyle magazine. And they started getting emails um, from, like, women all across America. And I think that was really great to hear about how those opportunities can really just come at you out of nowhere and they really just jumped on it. And I think that's why they're seeing this really prolonged success. Yeah, I think that I totally agree with you. And I, I think I asked her also in the interview, the jumping on it part, I think is really interesting because I don't think everyone would necessarily do that. You yeah. know, like, like you, I think I even asked her in the interview, when they got interest from other campuses, they could have said, oh yeah, here's how we did it. Go ahead and do it. But instead they had some instinct that they that that this was sort of like a, a business plan in a sense. And I think that that's interesting that they... I don't know what it is exactly, but but there was some sense of like strategy and determination, and you know, I don't know that this desire to to really build something um, as an undergrad that's pretty impressive. And also dedication, I think, and I think that she expressed that they wanted to do something that I think you don't hear a lot about, which is building something in college that is sustainable to then go immediately as like a full time venture. Um, right when you graduate. Whereas I think a lot of people still absolutely valid to go to like an entry-level job and start something on the side. They put all of their work and dedication into making sure that her campus was a viable option for themselves to kind of pour everything into. And that was a really, really um, interesting take on that. Yeah, in addition to that, I think that 
her episode overall really reinstilled that, like, to take advantage of your time as a college student to try to, if you don't want to be forced into an entry-level position to, to use your autonomy in college to try to create something for you to make a full-time job in the next two years or something, which I feel like is really easy to forget about when you're trying to maintain good grades and extracurriculars and all this other stuff, like she said. Um, but ultimately, you do want to focus on the end goal, um, which, I mean, I found very motivating from her uh, podcast episode. Now, I have to tell you a bit of a funny backstage secret, which is that... Uh, I this is the first time this has happened. I was about halfway through the interview with Stephanie, and I realized uh, that I had forgotten to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but she, and so she was very gracious, and we redid the interview. But um, that was just a funny uh, example, and I thought she was really cool about it. So I thought that was that was a little backstage secret for everybody. Um, all right, well, that was a great episode. Really interesting. Check out her campus. Check out. Um, our Instagram, and where can we find that? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at From the Dorm Room Podcast, and we're also on Twitter and Facebook. We're totally hip with it. Um, you can find us at From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom. And check us out on iTunes. Please re- leave a review if you enjoy it. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, suggest it to someone else. Uh, we really enjoy making these and also love to hear from you uh, with any of your reactions and thoughts about the podcast. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to From the Dorm Room to the Boardroom. If you're interested in learning more about the work that I do and helping people step outside their comfort zones and transition successfully into the professional world, please visit my website, www.andymolinsky.com. That's A-N-D-Y-M-O-L-I-N-S-K-Y.com. And also feel free to email me directly at andy at andymolinsky.com with any feedback or ideas for guests for future podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Brandeis University's International Business School. By teaching rigorous business, finance, and economics, connecting students to best practices, and immersing them in international experiences, Brandeis International Business School prepares exceptional individuals from around the globe to become principled professionals in companies and public institutions worldwide. Thank you so much for listening.